This is the Punk Show Podcast. Hello? Paul. Hello, yeah. Steve. It's Jason calling from Victoria. Yep. How you doing? I'm doing really well. You're Just watching The Expendables with my son. Oh, The Expendables, right on. How old is your son? <laughs> He's 14. 14, good age, yeah. I've got a 10-year-old son. Yeah. Um, probably my wife would probably frown upon showing that movie quite yet. <laughs> but he would want to I see think it. He, I think he first saw it when he was like six. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'm always trying to get my son to watch cool movies, and my wife is always putting the kibosh on it. Yeah, well, he's uh, he's my excuse to watch all these uh, action movies and science fiction movies. Fair enough. Um, well, Paul, I won't take too much of your time, like maybe 10, 15 minutes kind of tops, but I, uh, I want to just chat with you about uh, your band, and of course you're coming over to the West Coast here to the island, and uh, when was the last time you were in Victoria? I do believe it was 2007. Really? Wow. So that's yeah, over a decade now. Yeah, it was our last bike tour, and people kept saying, "That's your last tour." You call it the last bike tour. I said, "It's not our last tour," and it kind of, you know, kind of did turn into our last big Western tour. So, which is kind of terrible because we we enjoyed it so much. Okay, it was our summer vacation. Right, fair enough. And and this and this is sort of, I guess, you're coming almost to the beginning of summer this time around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's actually I, I'm I'm teach, so uh, it's between teaching. Uh, spring courses and summer courses okay perfect so i mean i'm not going to pretend to know a whole lot about the rip chords i'm a fan of the band um but uh i mean you got you're you're two years away now from your 40th anniversary is that is that accurate yep yeah yep formed it in 1980 and then at the time i thought i was way too old to form a punk band <laughs> so, um who would have figured yeah um, yeah it's just a you know what it's still fun it's still uh, just a great time it's you know, we're still writing songs. We're still we haven't turned into a Rip Chords cover band. We still uh, still put out albums and like our new albums better than our old albums. So uh, uh, that's kind of the important thing. It's like it's just it's kind of the same way it was almost back in 1980, except better because people actually come to our shows. Now, correct me if I'm wrong on the timeline here, but so you started in 1980. You didn't put out a release though for like close to eight years. Is that right? <laughs> so why why did that happen? Well, Wait, why so long? <laughs> I mean, I guess for one thing, we just we started out really slow. We were playing like more like just parties and basements, and uh, I think we played like maybe three club shows in the first six years. And it was it was just you know it was it was fun and it was it was a different scene back then. There there weren't punk clubs. Um, they they did come and go, but uh, there weren't a lot, and you had to actually be really good. And you know, I guess we probably weren't. <sighs> I don't know why why the hell did it take us that long. Um, I think it was just because we were doing it for fun, right? And uh, you know, at some point in time, I think you know, people actually, when you're playing basements and parties and stuff like that, people actually really s- seem to be getting into it. It's like so, it's like, hey, wait a second, we could probably do uh, do a little more um, than what we're doing. Uh, and you know, none of us had a driver's license, so we couldn't play out of town. Um, and in the fact, for I think. For the next twenty years, I was the only one who had a driver's license. Don't don't tell any cops, but we actually I actually drove across Canada twice in the van without having a driver's license. Wow! So I wouldn't say a word. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, and then uh, you know, recording studios were not easy to find, especially not with any engineer who might know punk rocks back then. So um, yeah, it was just it was it was I guess it was just a lot more difficult. Um, so and we were just in it to have fun. We weren't in it. We weren't sort of planning on, you know, 
putting out albums, getting signed, doing this, doing that, um, going on a world tour. We were just we were just having fun being a punk rock band um, and sort of playing to people who liked uh, goofy people who liked punk rock who were just as goofy as we were. What was the scene like in Montreal back then, like early 80s? Was there a pretty vibrant punk scene or were you pretty much it or...? Uh, I mean, it, it was good. There were there were a few bands. There was, uh, you know, the, the bands came and went. There was the first wave of hardcore punk, which really came out in, uh, you know, around 80, 81. And there were, like, bands like the Chromosomes and uh, the American Devices. Um, genetic Control came along around then. So, and Scum. So there were, there, there were some bands, but, the, I mean, it wasn't a huge scene. And it's, it's kind of one of those funny things, but it's like... Almost all scenes are like that. I mean, even, you know, you look at Vancouver that had a great scene back then, but it, there weren't nearly as many clubs as there are nowadays. Sure. Yeah, Both Victoria bands. the same, too, really. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, everybody keeps on talking to me about, oh, yeah, I wish I was around in the golden years of punk. And I was like, you mean the golden years of punk where maybe you get a touring band once every three months <laughs> and, like, all the clubs are closed down and nobody could get in and... Yeah. No bands ever played. You know, those golden years? No, you're living in the golden years. This is the golden years of punk. Right. Yeah, the good old days when the cops would come and bash heads and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, you're looking, you're looking fondly back on that? Yeah, you know, it's, it's just go out and enjoy the bands. There's so many more bands and so many great bands out there, like locally and touring and everything. Just, you know, this is the golden age of punk. Go out and enjoy it. Stop talking about the golden years that weren't really that golden. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were some great moments, some great bands, but... It's a lot easier to look back and sort of pick and choose the best of the old bands and the best of the old shows and go, that was great. Well, you do that over a month period now and you'll probably have a better scene than you had in the whole year back then. I'm glad you said that because I tend to think the same way. People are far too wrapped up in like uh, reminiscing about the old days and, and, and it's the, you know, the hindsight is twenty twenty kind of thing. You know what I mean? Thinking things were greener than they were. And, there's yeah, a great, there's, I mean, you know what? I, I, I'm certainly not doing the saying that to diss any old bands. Just like we sure. love all the old bands, we kind of sound like most of them. So, <laughs> I, you know, we're certainly not dissing anybody. But it's just like, look around. There's so many great bands out, and it's just like so many places to play now that never existed before. Um, you know, you should just go out and enjoy it, and you know, and enjoy the old bands too. But you know, people are like, you know, looking for punk cover bands and stuff and it's just like oh my god you know that's so not what punk's about mm-hmm. and it's just like just enjoy what's out there and and there there is so much great stuff that's kind of all i listen to now are like the bands we we play with and you know we trade cds or we trade get trade cassettes or something and that's uh, awesome you know we, we get their the music and that's that's it i mean that's there's so much great music out there just enjoy it i do have a great little thing about one of the one of the old punk rock clubs we used to play in Montreal was Station 10 mm-hmm. and <clears throat> it's one of those clubs where it's like okay it didn't cost anything to play there which is pretty amazing for Montreal back then mm-hmm. um, but you had to like provide your own, own door person so like we would uh, always like stand at the door and you know we'd let people in and, and you know and then there, there would be people coming in and we were like uh, are you uh, 18? And like some some kid will like look at us. And they, oh, um, said, okay. Well, okay. If you're if you're not 18, if the cops come and raid the place, there's a side door behind the stage. You have to go out that way. <laughs> we were like telling people how to escape if the cops came. Awesome. Those were the days. Right. And now you've got a 14 year old son. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're just waiting for him to get old enough so he can be t-shirt guy, and then uh, then we'll be out on tour regularly. There you go. Perfect. I mean, that's that's why uh, that's why I'm uh, that's why we don't tour as often as we used to is because 
Um, I got my son, and the only there's only two things that are, I guess, bigger priorities in life than uh, than punk rock, and one is you know girls, yes, women, and the <laughs> other one is my son, and so I can't go out on big tours anymore. So totally understandable. But it's going to be great, man. Yeah. You know, when we when we used to tour, and we by the time we hit uh, Vancouver and Victoria, it, it turned into like you know a punk cavalcade. You know, we usually have AWT and uh, uh, Lesbian Fist Magnet <laughs> and and the Hoosgow, and like they'd all join in the tour like somewhere mid BC, and then it'd just be like, like this huge group of punk rockers traveling across. Uh, scaring the locals <laughs> and just like you know, fly fishing in Chilliwack wow weird. Um, <laughs> and you know doing barbecues on the side of highways and stuff it was um, it was just it was, it was just great times like our memories of the island is, are just like amazing and playing not only you know Vancouver uh, and Victoria but like Courtenay and uh, Comox and Campbell River and uh, you know you know Mm-hmm. All the way up and down the coast. Are you heading up the island as well on this tour? No, unfortunately, we uh, we we got our uh, we got our like nine days that we can that we've got. So we're flying out to Edmonton, um, starting the shows there, and then our last night is Victoria, and then we're flying back to Montreal the next day. Okay. Well, um, the, the AWT is not around anymore, but you've got sort of the the, Narnars. Uh, the Narnars, which are like the, the the thing that they morphed into. Yeah, uh, and the Hoosgow, who rarely play anymore, or get together for anything. They're getting together for this because yeah, they, they pulled us up, and we were talking. To, they were talking to us and to Maddie, or the guy who's putting on the shows. So it's uh, yeah, and it's like Hoon from uh, the Narnars, who's uh, you know who's the connection for the show there. And He's a great dude. So it's just like it's it's old home week. It's like I couldn't think of anything better. What a great way! It's kind of like we're working up to that show before we. Uh, head back to Montreal. I know a lot of people are really looking forward to it, for sure. I want to ask you a couple of quick more things here. Because um, you have put out an incredible um, amount of music over the years. Your discography is is very impressive. I mean, I'm looking at what, 16, 17 full-length albums. Does that sound about right? Yeah, it depends on how you count albums nowadays. But yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> sure. Guess what? I, I never know either. We're around the uh, 16, 17, maybe 18. I think there's a few that are uh, no longer even available online anymore. And that's um, you know something to be proud of for sure because I mean there are a lot of bands that have been around. Uh, well, not there shouldn't say there's a lot. There's a, there's there's bands that have been around uh, as long as you guys that really sit on their laurels. You know they've put out their half a dozen albums over in the early part of their career and they kind of you yeah, know what well, I mean. They tour those and they and they just it's sort of a rehash all the time. But you're always constantly putting out new stuff. It's it's one of those things where I say that why we don't want to turn into our own cover band. Mm-hmm. You know it's. Uh, and don't want to just play the old songs. And one of the reasons we loved touring back uh, in the 90s and the 00s, uh, we were, uh, it's just because we didn't have a lot of big push behind us, so big labels or anything. We just kind of did our own stuff. Most of the time we released our own albums, mm-hmm. you know, had our own label and everything. Um, and we were just, so we'd play, and people didn't even know we had old albums. So whenever they wanted us to play something, you know, play your big hit, it was like, it was the, the the song from the last album, or maybe two albums ago. Right. So we weren't. It wasn't always like, "Hey, play the Elvis Death Cult from 1988." You know, <laughs> um, you know, we'll we'll play our own old stuff. But we loved the fact that there was, you know, there was our new stuff that people are actually coming out for. And like I say, we keep on recording albums. We're recording a a new one in the next couple of months. That was the next question. Yeah. Okay. So you got some yeah, new, new and, stuff. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think the the title of it uh, is tentatively. 
don't buy the first album, Jerkwad, buy this one. <laughs> uh, because that's what we tell people when they come. We don't we leave out the Jerkwad. Uh, but that's what we tell people when they come to the T-shirt table. It's like, don't buy the first album. Like it's not nearly as good as the later albums, and like usually the new one is the best one. And, and certainly, like Made in Montreal was our last full album that we put out. Um, and to me, it's it's certainly one of our two or three top top albums. You've had some fantastic album titles over the years too. <laughs> my favorite has got to be I went to the summit of the Americas and all I got was this lousy tear gas canister in the back of my head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Which I, and I've got the scar to prove it. Is, that's a real thing, hey? That that's happened. a real story. <laughs> <laughs> um, now speaking of that, I'm, a, I'm one of these vinyl collecting nerd guys. I actually um, I have a, uh, a copy of the Vinyl Countdown, which I oh, is basically yeah. like a greatest hits kind of compilation of yours, right? Yeah, we, yeah. we kind of like uh, we decided uh, it's been such a long time since we've had vinyl, and I must say, uh, I you know we put out all those CDs, and I don't know, I never bought a CD player, okay, so I could never play any of them. All I got <laughs> is my vinyl and the uh, three thousand albums at home. Um, so it's like, okay, let's get back into vinyl in a big way, and we kind of wanted to do, you know, we were, we had it, actually had a long back and forth in the band about it, and because uh, there's a, a thought that sometimes the greatest hits uh, compilation is kind of like a cashing in mm-hmm. um so it was like okay let's do it let's go like out of our way to make it really special so we did the double album we did the bonus cd with the 24 page booklet, booklet yeah 24 page booklet which cost more than 2000 cds would be <laughs> no <laughs> shit really yeah alone and you know digital download and 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 you know just because when i was when i buy albums like the most fun is like opening the album and finding oh fuck there's a poster inside or yeah. you know oh cool lyric sheets and stuff so like it was just like okay let's just make a nice package yeah. yeah we recorded new songs so like even even if you think of it as a, an old album there's like between the CD the bonus CD and the album itself there's like eight new songs um, you know which some people actually would call an album we wouldn't but and then we sell it all for less less than it actually cost us to make it. So. Well, why are you doing that? <laughs> it's the punk rock thing to do. <laughs> Fair enough. We, we, we call it punkonomics. We, every time we go out and play a bunch of shows, and then we have enough to sort of record the new songs. Right. Play another bunch of shows, we have enough to do some mastering. Another bunch of shows, we have enough to make the, uh, the booklet. So by the time you finished playing all those shows, it's like three years in the making. Um, you know, we basically paid for the album before it came out. That's perfect. So, yeah, so, yeah, we're selling it for less than cost, but, you know, whatever we get from the album is now financing our next album. You may have sort Punkonomics. of... Punkonomics. I love it. And, uh, you know, kudos to you for, for go, going at it that way. And I think you may have sort of answered your question, this question already, just with your talking about the old albums and how, the, you know, you're more, not more proud, but you're just as, if not more proud of the, the later stuff that you've done or the more recent stuff, but... Do you and, and I don't want to I don't want to harp on the vinyl thing, but are, do you have any? Has it been discussed ever to reissue any of this stuff on vinyl? Because from what I can tell, pretty much everything other than that vinyl countdown um, came out on CDs and cassettes back in the day, and a lot of it's really hard to find. Yeah, um, well, impossible. But literally, it was my label on Guard Records. Sure, okay. A label without uh, without a bank account, <laughs> um, but we put out forty albums, so that was good. <laughs> well, you know what? If somebody wants to put out our stuff on vinyl. They're welcome to it. Um, yeah. Go ahead. It's, it's, it out. Not, uh, we'll, not we'll, easier said than done, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, we're. I think what 
we're kind of looking at the the problem is we always we are proud of our new stuff and we do have um, new songs and we're going to put out a new album which will be on vinyl. Right. Um, so generally our choice is can we we cannot we can't afford to do both. So do we keep on recording new stuff and putting out new albums or do we just re-release the old stuff and become a records cover band? Ah, uh, yeah, right. There so, you go. That's our catch twenty two on this one. So we always put it out there. Anybody who wants to put our albums out, you know, put them out. Like send us a hundred copies. Put out a thousand. Send us a hundred copies, and we'll be happy. You know, we have that that thing with our merch too. Is like people. We know that some people are bootlegging our stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, as a general rule, we don't care because we've never actually made money off our merch. Right. So we kind of kind of go, okay, as long as the stuff is decent quality and, and nobody's charging like crazy amounts of money, we don't care if people bootleg our stuff you know, wow. just make it go ahead that's an unusual stance a lot of bands are really upset about that yeah, yeah. they probably actually make money but we actually have jobs that support our band so. <laughs> fair <laughs> enough um, what about stuff like Spotify I couldn't find you on Spotify have you thought about putting your discography out there for people to stream or download and maybe even make a couple of bucks that way yeah um, to be perfectly honest uh, I Spotify may be the one thing I really don't like. Yeah, well, I know that, yeah, we know that they're shifty, yeah. right? Yeah, and I think that's uh, that's an, another thing. It's just, to me, it's like, I think you got to buy the stuff from the bands if you want them to keep on going. Right. I mean, for our stuff, we say, you know, drop it on, you know, put it on YouTube, uh, make copies here, there, and everywhere. We don't really care. Um, but I, I've got a thing against Spotify as, a, as an organization, and... Uh, which I could get into a lengthy discussion about. Fair enough. I, I don't think we'd ever put anything on Spotify. Right. I mean, the other thing is, you know, we know that the, you know our stuff is being sold out there, even online, and except for our Bandcamp site and maybe Stomp Records has some stuff out there. Uh, anybody who's ever bought any of our stuff online, well, enjoy it, but we've never seen a cent from any sales online. No way, any, really, yeah. So not not a penny anywhere. So uh, it's kind of like, meh, I'm, you know, Go ahead, take it, do it. But uh, you know, we're, it's not some. We're making money off, and uh, so we're we kind of stay out of that. So we we put up our bank band camp site, and uh, you know people can get it off that, which is which is cool. Well, that's where people should go then. Yep. Yeah. Band camp. Who would have figured? <laughs> uh, maybe one day we'll get organized. But you know, it's, we've only been around for thirty-eight years. So maybe by the time we hit forty-two or forty-three, <laughs> we'll figure this whole internet thing out. Well, listen, Paul. You've got a you've got a really great attitude for for a guy that you know. I, I, I and it's refreshing. You know what I mean? Because oh, you've got your regular job. You get to go on the road when you get a chance. You got the, your family man. You're balancing all that stuff. And, uh, and well, you know what? There's 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 nothing better than being in a band. It's like going to a party in your honor every night. Yeah. I never would have seen Canada the way I've seen Canada if I wasn't in the band. Like like I know this country like the back of my hand, uh, better than the back of my hand. Yeah. Um, and I've met so many people and had so much fun and, you know, people buy you beer and, you know, you know, generally it's like instead of having to go out to and stand in line for a club and I get to play with all these great bands and, uh, and get free beer, it's, uh, it's like the best life. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, Paul, that's great. So thank you so much for your time, man. Okay, not a problem. And I'm definitely coming to the show, so I'll make sure I introduce myself and uh, oh, excellent. And I'll buy you a beer. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> All right. See, this, this interview worked out just perfectly. Okay, perfect. And enjoy the rest of your movie. 
Okay, thanks. All right, man. Take care. Catch you later. Bye-bye. This has been the Punk Show Podcast. If you'd like to hear more, including kick-ass punk music, go to thezone.fm slash punk. Oh, yeah. And be sure to check out the Punk Show on Facebook and Instagram.